We are back at Slam headquarters, New York City, Fifth Avenue. It's hot as hell outside. And we got one of my favorite people that um, I was lucky enough to meet a couple years back as just a youngin starting out doing what it is that I do. Um, Jason Stein's here with us. Thank you for coming. You're wear he's wearing shorts and a really funky shirt. He's just like living his best August life right now. <laughs> it's August in New York. Thank you yeah. for having me. Came through in shorts. What else would you come to for a slam podcast in New York City in August? I should have been in, a, in basketball gear. I know. I know. And you used to play basketball. I did. I played most of my young adult life. It's yeah. all I did from like, I don't know, like 10 to 20. I didn't do anything really? else, really. really. Video games and basketball. But before we get all to that, we must shout out Himalaya. Because if you're listening to this podcast and listening on any other platform, we hope we know you're we listening know. to it to Himalaya. We believe. And you know why we know you're listening to it on Himalaya? Because it's free, it's easy, it's to, easy use, to use, and every single podcast that you love is right there. Or if it's something that you want to get into, something new, all you got to search for it, boom, all you got to do is go to Himalaya. They got great categories. You got your favorites. Absolutely. So if like, you like music podcasts, sports podcasts, politics, whatever it is, Himalaya's got it all. So shout out to them. But mainly mainly Kaz and Vic Show. Absolutely. <laughs> shout out to all the podcasts on the show. But most importantly, shout out to everybody listening to the Kaz and Vic Show on Himalaya Media. So we, be we both went to NYU. I didn't even know. Oh, NYU. you went to NYU? I went to NYU. When did you graduate? 2015. Okay. So I didn't even know we had a basketball team <laughs> until junior year. They're like, go purple, violets. I was uh, like, wait, what? People are like, where do you play? I was like, varsity basketball at New York University, the fighting violets. But the, <laughs> the actual mascot is a bobcat. It's not a it's violet, not, yeah. which is, is confusing, but yeah. I think good because if there was just like a big flower standing on the sideline, people wouldn't really be intimidated but there's good basketball players that came out of NYU I'm, I was not one of them but <laughs> <laughs> I was good going in not coming wait out. at least you could dunk wait 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 because I, can, I, I can heard still dunk. somebody somebody who may or may not be in the vicinity right now did whisper that to me that you used to that you could dunk pretty easily barefoot yeah. I can still dunk oh I I dunk once a year on Instagram. It's every Labor Day weekend, so it's coming up. And I literally just do legs all year thinking about that one post. <laughs> Can I for, be there for this one? For the one? haters. Can I be there for this <laughs> one? Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send it to you beforehand for any edits. Okay, okay, yeah. perfect. You can break it on, on the podcast. Perfect. Well, let's just get this conversation started, started because I feel like you're one of the most interesting people that I got to meet, as I said before. A um, couple years back, I walk into your company that you started from scratch. Um, this is a full floor, we're talking, like one of the nicest places in Brooklyn, right on the water, uh, amazing views, and oh yeah, like Jason's in the office, Jason's coming, like, you know, like everybody was, and there was so much talent in this one room and we were consulting for Jordan Brand. And just talk to me a little bit about that, like how that came about um, and, how you secured one of the biggest brands in the world. Yeah, so that office came six years after I started the company by myself in a closet that I rented in a shared workspace at 817 Broadway. This was like pre -WeWork. So you were rich. This is like rich, rich. <laughs> a closet in the Lower East Side? It, like it was like 400 <laughs> bucks a month. We, we paid the rent like once every six months. and We, you and your wife huh? now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, my wife was actually working at MTV at the time because I couldn't afford to, to get her to work with me yet. Mm -hmm. uh, we weren't even married yet. 
And um, yeah, we, we, we rented this space, me and, and freelancers, whoever I could get in on, you know, on a dime at the time. Right. And we went on Craigslist. I went on Craigslist every day into uh, the TV film video section. I don't, I don't know if it's still there or if you've spent much time looking for jobs on Craigslist. But I have. I can't yeah. say I have. So, so at the time in like late 2000s, uh, maybe around 2010, there would be the listings for like need video producer, need viral video, need YouTube influencers. And I would reply to every one of these jobs being like, I can do this for you. I can do this for you. I can do wow. this for you. And I would, I would reply to like maybe like 100 jobs a day. Like I still have them in my, my personal Gmail account, all these, these interactions. Mm-hmm. And like maybe five out of 100 would get back to me. Right. And be like, yeah, like we're interested. And then you'd go on five weird fucking meetings, right? Because like it's Craigslist jobs in New York City for yeah. video. Like you could imagine the stuff you're getting into. Uh-huh. So did that, but ended up getting our first million dollars of revenue that way. Got a Foot Locker job that way. Uh, got Daisy Gual clothing brand, uh, which is a, a big international uh, clothing brand from Spain. Got a job for them. And then just like fake it till you make it. And then my friend from NYU, Stacey Tarver, who um, was on the running team at NYU, was working at Nike. And I hit her up and I was like, we're doing this work for these brands. And she's like, well, you should come out and pitch. And we actually pitched Nike running. We got some, a small amount of business from them, but then mm-hmm. we got called out for a Jordan brand pitch. And I was like, if we don't win this business, as someone who's played basketball his whole life and is like yeah. the only social media agency in town, if we don't win this, like we gotta shut it down. Like I can't- It's over. I can't live it down, but I actually like, so I went so hard on it. The first slide of the deck was photos of me in Jordans for like <laughs> literally every year of my life that I was playing basketball. Like that's a great pitch. That's yeah. very personal. You know, it was real. I was I was yeah. like, you guys don't understand. Like this is all I've been wearing for my whole life. Like this I'm is just what here I've as done. a fan. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you guys. Well, they were. The thing about Jordan Brand is always trying to get back to the idea of like performance basketball, right? Like right. that's how it became popular. Like all the retros that everybody wears today. I don't think kids realize that that's what Michael Jordan played basketball in. Like he didn't wear them to like with jeans it's to not look a cool. Lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, my, Mike's jeans are terrible, but <laughs> we'll get you can't even see the sneakers. I'll tell you the jeans. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, if, if performance is where you're trying to go, like that, that's what I did. I wore these to play basketball. Then mm-hmm. I remember buying my first pair of patent leather Jordans at at a foot action. And my dad was like, you can't play basketball in patent leather. Like, that's, that's like, too cocky. Like, I don't approve of that. Like, watch me. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I did. Um, so, so, yeah, we won. once you win the Jordan business, though, it's, uh, it's kind of like a snowball effect. How many right? calls did you get that first week after? Before it was even announced, we got a call from Beats by Dre. And they were like, we heard you're working with the guys at Jordan. If you're working with them, you should be working with us. And that's how we won the Beats account. Right. It wasn't even a pitch. They were just like and This was before off the Apple, right? Before, before Apple bought them. No, this was after, after actually. Yeah, after. we started talking to them before. They didn't really fuck with us. And then we won that business. Uh-huh, they were like, uh-huh. yeah, come through. And, uh-huh, and so, we, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, Shout yeah. out Beats, though. They did send us some dope-ass product um, which, 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 on the pod. They, they, they got us the, the new wireless headphones. Oh, those are amazing. Yeah, those yeah, are great. Those are great. Those they're, are great. they're sold out everywhere. They're very, very hard to get. You're lucky you got I, on that I list. Know, you I must know. be important. That, I, I mean, I'd like to think so. I'd yeah. like to think so. But no, they were, they were great. They sent us the in black and white. Um, and I was like, okay, now send me the Laker ones. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. That should happen. I mean, the, the whole LeBron connection there. Right. In LA right. But they do the, have those those huge names. So what's that like working with when you know you're branding content and you're marketing for people like that? Like, how does your, what, what does that look like? Like, how many people do you need? Because when I walked in the office, it was packed, but you started from nothing. So yeah, when you walked in, it was probably around 600 employees in seven offices after six years. So it's just like a unreal. what the fuck happened kind of thing. But my, mm-hmm. my head was down the whole time. Like, you can't get there with without focus, right? So all I did for six years, seven days a week, 18 hours a day was just work. That's what it took. And it was it was hard. But yeah. uh, with Jordan in particular, that was like one of the only clients that was personal to me that I actually like really cared about it. So like you take that one really, really seriously because it's it's a lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. it's like a core value set that that people are like really care about. You can't. We mess had the that nicest room in the office. I remember for yeah. Jordan Brand when we when we were in there, and it yeah. was just two days of just constant. I mean, they know, paid discussion. well. You, yeah. When, I mean, when, yeah, when a big nice. client it's comes nice. through, it's you nice. know. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, that was for you. It was it was because yeah. you, oh, you thank you, up. thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, but uh, the homie Dan Harvison from Portland, you know, he hit me up and he was great, and that was. I personally walked into that room thinking I'm a nobody, you know, and I'm just going to be here very quiet and sit and just listen. And then I kind of saw how the conversation went and I saw how, you know, when you market something, the most important thing is having great communication with the product team, right? Because you need to know what, you, what you're marketing. And that was kind of new, like a new process within Jordan Brand. So how, how is that growing? I think... We got, we've gotten to the point where the product is the marketing now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any content that you make or any photos that you take anymore are going to change that, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're all jaded. Like, how many of the same photos on Instagram can we see, whether it's sunsets or foods or sneakers, right? Like, or, or cool videos or, or shit, you know, hanging out of a helicopter. We did that with the, the Statue of Liberty Jordans at All-Star Weekend in New York City, right? Like, right. But, like... That's corny now to even even that was like, peak. We yeah, reached that. That was that was peak hype. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. like we were early in the hype game create, creating this shit and and I think people are it's like a commodity now and we're jaded by it. So like it, it's I was talking to someone this week and we were saying it's almost like the worst photo you can take as the first time a product comes out is like the best thing you can do to build hype, right? Like if it's the like grainy iPhone photo from like the factory in China where people are like, is this real? And it gets like passed all over the internet or like it could be a sneaker too, same thing, but, but it's almost like you want to go so lo-fi with it now and just like the product stands for itself. And, and if you drop a pair of like off-white Jordan 1s, they're going to sell out. It really doesn't matter what, yeah. what the, the marketing is. The marketing is the fact that, that Virgil designed a pair of Jordan 1s, right? And they look awesome. And that, that's the story. So I, th- I think y- your, your point is right. Like if you want to be good at marketing or branding now, you've got to get to, to the product. At, at the core of product development. And, right. and, and tell and, that story, that product story. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, so what's your, your favorite shoe? I mean, I'm assuming it's a pair of Jordans, but which ones would you um, say? I mean, my two fa- favorite pair of shoes, and it's amazing how timeless they are, are, are Jordan 1s and Air Force 1s. Like, you, they look good with anything you wear anytime. And yeah. it's not that complicated, right? You pay like 90 bucks for a pair of white Air Force 1s, and like, you're, you're good. Right. Yeah. It, no matter you're, you don't have. You could be the rich guy, the poor guy in the room. Like, you look fresh with, with any with outfit, that. with anything, shorts, yeah. jeans, 
a suit, right? They, they could, Unless they you're go a savage thing. and you get the black Air Forces. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I tried. I was like, nah, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, That's I can't like that it. savage shit. Like now on social media, like Twitter is like, oh, was he wearing black Air Forces? Oh, he's about to go in. Like, yeah. this is some hood shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, I'm super curious what's going to happen with uh, Zion being on with Jordan Brand. I'm actually super excited about it because I think it's the first time in a, in a while that the focus will be exclusively on performance for a Jordan Brand athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not a Russ where, yeah, he's a great basketball player, but you're, you have high, high, high expectations about what his wardrobe is going to be. Like, Zion's just here to play ball. Like, he's yeah. not a flashy he's a dude. Kid. Yeah. He's, a, he's a kid who wants to play basketball, right? Right. Uh, and... His body is, is so impressive. He's so impressive physically. Yeah, so it's the first time that you can get back to that, like, f- the idea of flight and, and take flight as, as Jordan Brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm pretty interested to see where they go with that. Does he get... Um, what, what will, I assume he will get his own player edition sneaker, but what will it be? How many will there be? It's a seven-year contract. Okay. It's very, it's very long, you know. Yeah, so and it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So, yeah. Yeah, you got to brand that, market it, and you know, there's, it's it, working now with players on the side. Also, like I've noticed when there's a big market, small market, that always goes into consideration. So when you see a team like the Pelicans and him being within, it's more of an NFL city. Um, so like, how do you see that working out? Like, what is the most important thing for a brand to do with a player? Like, how does that translate? I'm- New Orleans is a cool, a super cool city, and that's mm-hmm. a really interesting basketball team. It's one of the most interesting stories in the NBA. I was telling someone last night who's in the NBA that if I could pick one team to have a hard knocks for basketball with right now, it would be that team. Like, the storylines are, are crazy that, that are going I on I mean, there. I'm watching the kids. Right? Like, I'm a Laker fan. All my kids right? went there. So, right? Yeah. Like, you have, like, J.J. Reddick is, like, the dad, mm-hmm. right? And you've yeah. got, like, Lonzo... Uh, Ingram, Zion, yeah. Ingram, who's you know they got all these Duke guys down there now. It, it's a, uh, it's a very interesting and I think good. I actually think good basketball team, especially um, if it all comes together right. Yeah. But no, no one's better than the Brooklyn Nets this year. Listen, I'm In a huge, East. I'm a huge Nets supporter. Um, just because I have, I, I mean, I had my a lot of guys on there, and being a huge D'Angelo Russell fan him coming here from the Lakers, meeting his family, you know, being around yeah. those guys. Uh, I saw you at games, obviously, courtside. This man has two seats under the basket uh, on the sideline uh, at every game. No big deal, that, Jason. That's the one, no that's the one thing. It's like, like, it's I, didn't like, buy, I didn't buy Rolexes. I didn't buy chains. No, I didn't, that's because you're mad real. That's <laughs> I, got, I was like, my wife, like, this is my thing. This is the only thing. Yeah, yo, it. guys, he made it on Forbes 30 under 30, and he was like, I'm buying these seats. <laughs> what i'm doing yeah the it's the best it's the best thing i love barclays center i like it's so easy to get in and out like i don't understand that's a super important thing and and i don't understand how people go to nick games all the time because it takes like 45 minutes to get to your fucking seat you get lost every time you're so claustrophobic people are knocking into you i love the garden i'm not gonna lie but when you're credentialed at the garden it's also like a maze just to get through yeah it's too much get from the media room to the to the floor i mean please keep credentialing me next what do you love about the garden (laughs) Um, everybody says this it's there's something about 
I've been to a lot of arenas. Like I was in Houston, and I like that arena. But there's something about the lighting that's different with with the garden. It just the the court is a little elevated. Yeah. So you feel like you're kind of on a stage, like literal stage, and. I mean, Knicks fans are Knicks fans, <laughs> so they're no, rallying there, there, no matter there's what. A, there's a definite energy in the garden yeah. like that that you don't always get other places. I don't, it's, I don't know if it's like the sound or, or lighting or, mm-hmm. or, or the core, like you're saying, but I also think people gas it up too much. Like, I love Barclays. It's in I like a shitty part of Manhattan. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's terrible. 34th Street, don't oh, go there. You know, like, <laughs> know. it's madness. Um and the Knicks haven't been good for 20 years. Like, how, why, how is it? Talk the, that talk. How is it? But I grew up a Knicks fan, right? And I watched every game in the mid-90s. Like, I, I had to watch every game. Uh, or I would listen to it on the fan if my parents made me go to bed as a kid. But, like, they haven't been good and they haven't been well run. So, so why would you? I can't keep rooting for them. Like, yeah. I, as a businessman, I can't get behind. So, a good business decision, ladies and gentlemen, is to root for the Nets instead yeah. of the Knicks. Yeah, and like I live there, I've lived in Brooklyn for for a decade, and I'm near the arena, so I had to make the move. It's a well-run organization. Yeah, and and like I said, I love the intimacy of Barclays Center. It's kind of like, it's not as big, and you feel like you can move around, like you said, much easier. Um, the food is great. Yep. Calvin Klein Club is awesome. Yeah, I think I think they renamed it to like the like. Emirates something. Oh, so I, now I'm not sure. Yeah, it's now the Emirates. Hmm, I think because JetBlue was the. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, something Blue. they they renamed it something. But yeah. uh yeah, it's just it's well done. I like the the lighting, how mm-hmm. it's dark in the the top bowl. Yeah. Um, it just gives like a warmer feeling. And the colors are great. I think. I mean, I yeah. wear black all the time, but those colors are. are I heard awesome. a rumor that they were trying to switch the court to gray, which would be super interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about about you know D'Angelo Russell bringing energy and hype and excitement to the city to this team? I'm sure you love that. I loved it. I loved being there. Um, and you know this trade going down, and now you have Kyrie and you have Kevin possibly coming back, hopefully next season. Yeah. What, what what is that looking like uh, as a as a fan? Yeah, I think every Nets fan was sad to see Thilo go mm-hmm. and appreciative of what he did. And it's 50-50, which, which was a better guy to, to ride with long term. But everyone, you can't understand why they had to do what they did to get Kyrie, and, who, who is like a fucking G, right? Like, he's not bad. He's not bad. <laughs> he's, like when he's yeah. healthy, he's as good as any point guard there Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Um, and because it gets you KD too, you have to you have to make that move. Right. But the Warriors are going to be really good. People are sleeping on them in the mm-hmm. West. Like people forget that when, with Clay healthy, they were the, the the best record in the history of the NBA. Yeah, I don't and know why people feel like without KD now they're gone they, to they, shit. I think <laughs> like, I think they probably would have either beat or come much closer to beating the Raptors if Clay stayed healthy, even without KD. Right. And now you're putting D'Lo on that team, and if it meshes right, like he's a great fit for that team, right? Doesn't play a lot of defense, shoots shoots <laughs> shoots really well, moves yeah. up and down the floor quickly. Like, it, they're gonna be good. They're gonna be really really good. Yeah, no, I'm excited for him, and you know, it's it's one thing that I always say, and I told him too. Like, he hasn't been in a bad market yet in the in a city that you know is kind of demoralizing. Like, he's just, I was like, just be point. happy. Just be happy with this. You know, the kid got paid. I'm happy for him. Yeah. But, you know, we still have Spencer. 
Love Spencer. He's amazing. Karis. He's my favorite player on the Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm going to text him that. I will tell him. He's ama- like He He's won great. as many games in the fourth quarter as D'Lo did last year. He's so clutch. Yep. He's much taller than people expect for a point guard. Mm-hmm. He shoots lights out. He goes He's to exciting. The He's calm on the floor. He's humble. He's, he's, he's a really, really critical piece. And I think Kyrie knew that coming in, to have someone who can give you some nights off, who, who can let you sit a little bit extra when you want to rest up right. for a long season. Uh, he's the perfect guy for that. And they got a couple other good yeah, Karis well. and, and oh, Spencer yeah. have been working out together. And, you know, when D'Lo went down in the first season when he came here, yeah. Karis kind of took over and, and he was up for it. And he's such a, an athletic guy before he got hurt last season he was he was killing yeah nobody could stop him going when he's going full steam to the hoop nobody could stop him yeah so that's so you're excited and you feel like the nets will win how many more games in the Knicks? i mean it's not it's not (laughs) even like a conversation can we go to the nets next game yeah yeah let's do that yeah, well, actually, you're going to have to fight uh, Rob Perez, wa- Worldwide Wob, for that. Listen, Wob can stay at home and do his little videos. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it's easy to get him to not go to a game. because He hates he gets, going to Yeah, games. he hates leaving his house when basketball's on. I know, yeah. and I totally understand that because now, like, even when I go to games, it's, like, more of a, you got to say hi to people and players, and I don't yeah. really get to enjoy the game as much. Yeah, well, but he's just trying I'll to just get his like, Leave off. me alone, I'm sitting courtside. <laughs> just leave it, just... Let yeah, me do my thing. they have good. They have good Wi-Fi at Barclays, though. And That's much a, better than the Knicks. Yeah, much yeah. better than the Knicks for sure. For sure. Because even the the PR one with the Knicks is like tricky. Yeah. Yeah, and they switch it up. The Knicks it's can't like do anything like, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I'm happy for Julius Randall. That's that's my boy, and I hope why. Because I want him to do well here. I hope I hope he can. Hope yeah. He can. He, he's listen. He's he was exciting, and then not many people were watching the Pelicans last season. But no, he's he was double double guy. Every yeah, day. always. You he, know, super athletic. I'm excited for the Lakers as well. Yeah. I mean, Lakers. Do you think uh, better or Clippers? This Lakers. Season? Lakers. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of talk is going into load management, right? And Kawhi possibly doing that again this season because he hasn't really been able to play f- a full season yet. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of I hope you're right with that one. I think if healthy, like, people don't realize how good Anthony Davis is because like, he hasn't been in a big market, but he's... He's going to kill. Him and DeMarcus as anyone, also. Yeah. And... If LeBron is running the point, as as is rumored, um, mm-hmm. like he could average a triple double for it's, like it's an, he could Bron- average a triple double. He's like forty seven years old. Oh yeah, you oh, know, yeah. like easy. It's either Bron running point or you at this point for us. Yeah, no, you guys, you're fine. You're fine. Um, yeah, and, and I'm just like a, a proponent of everything that that they're doing in terms of like athlete empowerment. What Rich Paul's doing is is amazing. That's and I was like, that's my next thing. Yeah, because I saw you know I love your presence on social media, um, almost as good as mine. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's not. It's really not even close. <laughs> like I I have too much to lose to say all the shit that you say. Like I, I think about it, but man, you I toned it down back, so you know? much though. Like now I know I have eyes on me. Like. Ugh, it's like things I can't, I wish I could say on here and I can't even say because it's like actual like team, teams will hit me up and be like, hey, like, you know, like, oh, can you do this and that? And I can't talk about any of it. Yeah, yeah, you you have to, at some point you have to make a decision. Do you go down the path of like... Yeah, now I'm I just, just trying to get old pictures I'm trying to get like my, my <laughs> bread up and I'm trying to do business with these people or I'm right. trying to be like 
a true journalist and I don't give a fuck about no, any of it. No, I am not a journalist, that's for sure. Like, I love having these conversations yeah. and I enjoy speaking to people like you and to players and people around the game within the culture, but I just, journalism was never really my end game. I, d I don't really know what my end game was. Like, you talked about this, like how you just kind of had to go with the flow sometimes. You didn't know what your next day was gonna look like early yeah. on. That's the same. I always tell people, like, I finessed my career just to meet Kobe Bryant. Like, yeah. that was my favorite player. And I noticed that my content was getting some attention, whether yeah. it was players. or And then I started just finessing my way into, like, Nike events, Adidas events. And then they started inviting me. And then they were like, oh, Converse hit me up on some, we're doing our first Converse Hoops thing with uh, event with Kelly Oubre. Can you do the takeover for Instagram? Yeah. So, like... It grows. It grew for me that way in that sense. But yes, I have toned it down by yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's it's you need to know where you want to get, but you don't need to know how you're gonna get there, right? So if your goal is like I want to be worth a hundred million dollars, like fine. Mm -hmm. But you're gonna have to have a bunch of like ups and downs exactly. and, and circles. There's a, a famous Jeff Bezos quote. It's something like, and I'm paraphrasing, like we're very strong on vision and weak on. Uh, the details of how we get to that vision. Like, it's okay to not know and, and be in circles as long as we go that way. And then there's also this famous quote uh, that comes from the army that is, uh, when the map leads you to water, follow the terrain. Meaning like, you could have a fucking plan, but if it leads you straight into to a swamp, like you should walk around yeah. the swamp, you know? Yeah. But that's the thing, you know, you um, tweet a lot about business and like for me personally like people ask like oh how is that hustle going right and as an immigrant like I came here when I was 13 from Israel and that's the only thing I know like I just have to try harder and try to catch up like I was always playing catch up with people um so what was it for you that really gave you that motivation it's, it's similar it's it's knowing that um, my great-grandparents came here mm -hmm. from Eastern Europe to escape the Holocaust and they get off of a boat and yeah. don't speak the language and don't have money and don't have cell phones and, and can't connect with other people like that. And it's just like they had to make it off of that, right? So like any, any hard things that I had to deal with when I was trying to make it or, or that you have to deal with like is nothing compared to, to like what our previous generations went through to get us where we are mm -hmm. right now right so like when that i just constantly remind myself like you have to live up to that and you have to it's your path yeah it, it's your path and you can't be a a, a bitch about it because right. they weren't and they had it way harder right exactly. so they didn't they didn't do all that for you to come here and be like oh man like this tweet didn't get enough engagement <laughs> right? like this retainer is right. not enough i really like right I, I wanted to fly first and they put me in business for this meeting like it, it just doesn't matter, just right? So, so yeah, I think that's that's a big part of it. But you also had like an, an advantage as an immigrant because like there there's immigrants who are hungry, and then there's Israeli immigrants, and yeah. I do business with some of them, and that's a different blood. Like yeah. you're out, you will you will just take someone's throat out if they get in your way, right? Oh God! Now um. now I understand why <laughs> now I understand why you say what you say on social media when people come for you. No, it's just that a lot of people on social media they see the finished product a lot of times and yeah. they don't really know how you got there. So it's like, oh, her parents must be rich. Like, my parents are two-time immigrants, bitch. Like, they don't really, they're not gonna, no one helped them, they're not gonna help, that's not how they see Where are this. your parents from? Uh, Russia, a little bit of Argentina. It's like a little bit of everywhere. Yeah. So I speak four languages and I came here as like a fucking deaf mute. Like, I didn't really know anyone. <laughs> yeah. So you, you like, 
move day by day. And then when there's a passion, something you're passionate about, which was basketball for me, you know, that's, that was kind of my path. And, you know, a lot of people email me now, like asking, I'm sure you get this a lot more than I do. Like, how do you do what you do? That's why you have these interviews and that's why you come in and you talk to people about it. Um, but it's just that it's honestly just like shooting your shot. I shoot my shot with things. I ask if, 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 if I want something to get done, you know? Yeah. Steve Jobs, my favorite Steve, Steve Jobs quote is something like how he says he, whenever he's afraid of failure or afraid of taking a risk or afraid of looking stupid, he just reminds himself that he's going to die. Right. Like, we're all going to die, right? Hopefully it's in 75, 80, 100 years, or by then we, everyone lives to 200, right? Um, or or it, it could be tomorrow. Like, you don't know that, right? So when you constantly remind yourself of that, you're like, what the fuck am I not doing this right. for? Like, what's, what's going to... Happen, you, have you know. To lose. And he yeah. said he, he would look in the mirror every morning, and if he if two days went by where he didn't like what he was doing that day, he's like, I have to make a change in my life because it's going to be too short to to waste three days in a row doing something that I'm not super fired up about. So I think that's a big piece, and that's also why I have no patience for the whole NCAA Bullshit. Rich Paul rule. Like you you're just, talking about being immigrant, yeah. yeah. Like you can't come through as an immigrant and come up all the way to where you did and then be like, well, we're not letting in the people who, uh, who, who haven't got their bachelor's degrees yet, no matter how smart or qualified they are. So, you know, I told you, 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 you never lie on, on social media when you talk about these things. So you said it's absolutely ridiculous as a businessman to look at it this way, right? The way the NCAA is looking at it right now with all these extra rules they're implementing and you have to have, you have to go through a test at some office, like face to face with them, and like you said, the bachelor's degree. So, like, how how do you think Rich is looking at? Like, I, I you know I was lucky enough to be around Rich a few times, but he's a guy that he doesn't even like to be called an agent, right? Because he's like, I need to find another name to what it is I do. So, you know, as a businessman, as a very successful businessman, um, how do you look at this? I've worked with people who went to the best colleges in the world, right? Who went to Harvard, who have an MBA from Yale. And I've worked with people who have no college education. And many, many times I'm way more impressed by the people who had no education, right? Like maybe someone who has a special degree can make an Excel spreadsheet a little bit better, Mm -hmm. right? And like, do some of the traditional business finance accounting stuff well. But you can put them in a room, and I promise you they're not going to get the deal done. I promise they're not, they're not coming back with the bag, right? Right. But, but a lot of the people I know who have the best social skills in business, which, which I would argue is the most important at the highest, highest levels, right? Because all, all you're doing at that level is, like, getting the biggest possible deals done, executing on a vision, getting investors, recruiting talent, right? So it's, it comes down to social skills. And people I know who have the most impressive social skills are the ones who didn't don't have any formal degree or education and when I've asked them about it they were like yeah because when I came up I had to figure out ways to get into rooms or get into circles or get into deals the finesse thing yeah without yeah. the degree right? right like I had to right. convince people to do this deal with me off of just my personality and how they felt around me and how I made them feel and what I said to them and and so I think that's a huge a huge huge piece of it so I don't know I just I just believe in meritocracy. Like, if you're good at something, 
and you're better than someone else, mm-hmm. you should be able to do it. And it doesn't matter Amen. what where you came from, what gender you are, what color your skin is, how much money you've made before, how many degrees you have. Like, shit just doesn't matter. Unless if you like, can get it done, you get it done. That's yeah. It. Outside of like brain surgery, like I'm good without degrees, right? <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you need to perform surgery on me, I want to see where you went to school. But right. outside of that, I'm good. I always tell know? my mom. My mom, you know, she... Is a, she has a PhD in medical sciences. She does she oversees cancer research at Columbia. She has no social skills. She cannot talk to right. she can't sell right. her shit. Right. You know what I mean? But when it comes to down to like the paperwork of it, she'll kill it. But that's the that's the difference between us because she the, I mean, there's always the higher education part where oh go to grad school. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense. If you can just get it done, why would you go and spend, I don't know, hundred K and put yourself in debt? If you don't have the means, you know, most people don't have the means. Right. So that's another that's another another thing. It's kind of it's not education has become a luxury at this point. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It's uh, at this point, you just have to think that the NCA is trolling like they they can't actually think that like what they're doing is a good idea or well thought out or or well communicated to, to do the things that they're doing. Right. Like when you have LeBron taking his time out of Taco Tuesday to shit on you with multiple tweets. <laughs> like, that's not a good look. Like, I don't, I don't know who, if the NCAA really wanted to protect the athletes, they wouldn't tell them that they can't work with certain agents if they don't have a degree. Like, right. they would just sit down with the agents and interview them and, and like, help in some way, right? Uh, so. Do you think it's like this mentality that's, changing in the NBA, starting with people like, you know, Rich, um, Rich Paul, and then, you know, Rich Kleiman also kind of breaking out with Katie and doing their own thing um, as a guy who's done, you've done your own thing your whole life. So do you think that's the scary part of, you know, players kind of seeing that, firing the big agencies, bigger brands, and just going with, like, the family member that's, you know, will always have their back? Yeah, I think any big talent that comes up today is bringing their friends with them and bringing people they trust with them. And I think it's as simple as that. Like, do you have a high-powered lawyer? Probably. Do you bring on, you know, help? Or I you just have help? Sean, Sean Brown. <laughs> Shout out, Sean. Look, you want to be around people who grew up how you grew up, who, yeah. who speak how you speak, who, who understand, you know, your, your family, your dynamics, where you came from, and... And so I think you're just going to see more and more of, of that sort of empowerment of, of the athlete themselves. Yeah. So it's not like this robotic almost, you know, pamphlet of whatever. And then they apply that to every player. It's kind of like the same. Yeah. I mean, I think Rich talks about this, but he always says you're going to make the most money in your career playing basketball. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't try to make more money doing other things as well, right? You're not, you're more than an athlete, right? So I, I do think there's only more of this coming. I think that does present a, a challenge for the traditional agency, the sports agency that, you know, you, you see the moves William Morris is making into, into being more than representation now, right? They own technology companies, live streaming companies, sports rights. And, and I think that will only continue to come. Talent is still a critical piece of the universe and you get, so much leverage by having great relationships or working or mm-hmm. representing talent, right? Like Scooter Braun's the best example of that. Like 
he can get any deal done he wants simply because how how close he is to the talent. So I, so I think talent will still continue to be a, a key piece, but you got to be able to have a much bigger ecosystem around it. Right. So going back um, to you, two successful businesses, you sold them. What are you doing right now that's, you know, different in your life, in your lifestyle? Yeah. How is that, you know? Yeah, so... I went from having 600 employees and seven offices and clients, you know, calling you, texting you, mm-hmm. thinking they own your, your time because they do. Right. Um, seven days a week, and I did this for you know seven or eight years, to um, to not having any of that anymore. Right. And and what we're doing now intentionally is investing in young entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs uh, or or just people I really fuck with. Uh, and helping them scale their businesses in, in tech or media or entertainment. And I wanted to get to a place where I could spend all of my time thinking and, and working on deals and not managing too many people or um, managing too many clients. Like I wanted to own my time again and and help the next generation of, of entrepreneurs. One of them is, is actually like in this building, one floor above us, uh, front office sports. Front office. Do you know those guys? The homies, Adam. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's an amazing media company covering the business of sports, and he's like the quintessential entrepreneur. Like yeah. that's me when I was twenty four. Uh, work seven days a week, can't stop working, thinking, pushing. Nothing will stop. It'll run through a wall, and uh, so yeah, things like that. In 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 my wheelhouse of sports and business and media. Uh, we have a company called Transmit Lives that does live streaming, live video. They actually do all of slams, uh, basketball tournaments, Ooh. all the live streaming that you see on Facebook from them. So, so yeah, stu- stuff like that. We have some exciting stuff coming up this year as well that we'll announce soon in the, the sports and business and media space. I can't wait. I just feel like, you know, it's always evolving. It's always moving. Um, what do you think is the next big thing in sports media? Because, you know, we talked about, like, the influencer part of it. Like, you mentioned early on, like, six years ago or whatever, you kind of put that up there and you made that a thing. So, Yeah, the things I'm looking out for are when sports rights come up, Mm -hmm. right? I think NFL is in 2022. You have NBA in the mid-2020s. Will the tech platforms buy the streaming rights? for the games, right? Will, will you be watching the NBA on um, Disney Plus or on Amazon or on Facebook, uh, on YouTube, on Google? Like, what, They have the most money, right? Like Apple's now spending money on content. Like no TV network is outbidding Apple if Apple wants it. Like it's just right. not mathematically possible. They're sitting on Cable's not a thing anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, they're sitting on hundreds of billions of dollars of cash. So if they decide they want it, they're going to get it, right? Um, Google's in, in a similar position. So, so that's really interesting and can change the way we watch and consume sports in, in a big, big way, right? Like Amazon only, it gives away content to Prime subscribers because it, if you have a Prime subscription, you spend two times as much on Amazon every year, right? So it's like they don't need to make money on commercials the way a traditional network does. So they can just afford to pay more to, to monetize it in a totally new model. So that's a big one. Um, Spending a lot of time on TikTok, I think that's important for everybody, just just for your well-being, because 
it's the only social network that it exists just for fun now, right? Like Instagram is not a healthy place. You can you can agree with that, no matter how much you like it yeah. or it's helpful for business. Like, it's generally like it's just narcissism. It in, gives in me a headache. Yeah, it gives yeah. me a headache at this point because it's like. I used to look at it and always feel like I'm not doing enough. Like, oh my God, this person's two years younger than me and they're doing this. What the fuck? And yeah. then people say the same to me. Like, how are you young and you're doing this? You know, I, people will look at you and be like, oh, two businesses? What? I need to, you know? So Instagram Yeah, and then I'll look like at someone one. else who's like, three businesses? Fuck, like, I'm not doing enough, right? Like, it's, just, it's not healthy, you right, know? Right. Um, like everyone has their own lane and their own path in life. Like, you can't do what someone else is doing. It's, it's just not. It's just super fake. Like you, you get to the point where it's like, where's the real me and where's the social media me and are they the same thing now? And it's, uh, look, it, it serves a purpose and, and I spend too much time on it and, and all that. But my, my point is like the only I thing should, you go on. just post our tweets now on Instagram. Just I do. Screenshots. That's what I do. That's literally like That's 90% of my posts are, are me screenshotting my tweets and Instagram stories. That's not narcissistic at all. <laughs> it is, though, because I wait until I get to, like, a thousand retweets no, on it, and then I screenshot it, it, and I keep the, yes, the count in it. That's how we then, do it. Yeah. Yeah, so. he, only gets, he only gets four digits, four or five. You feel me? Yeah, it's not going on Instagram <laughs> yeah. stories if, uh, if it's not up there. If it's not good enough. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I feel you. So, like, NBA Twitter, do you think that's a healthy space? It's one of the healthier spaces on the internet, for sure. Right. I mean, so it's pe- not Taylor Swift fans. No, it's... <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> definitely not. It's not politics Twitter, right? It's, uh, oh God. it's pretty fun. I mean, I didn't realize how angry Knicks fans were and how hurt they were. So when I was oh, going shit. on my, like, like Nets, mm-hmm. you know, my parade after we, we did everything Do you bookmark things that Knicks fans say and go back no, to it? No, honestly, I just try to, like, remove it from my life. And I, was, <laughs> I just realized, like, I, you, it, was, it was actually, like, rude of me to troll them because they're, like, upset. Like, they've had 20 years of bad basketball. That's how I feel about like Clippers. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, but at least the Clippers are, like, good now, you know? I mean, sure. They, they have a great owner and they're a well-run organization, right? Like, yes. Knicks fans are sad yes. and uh, <laughs> I get it. Like, I, I should have I been a little more sensitive to Knicks fans, you know? Well, I didn't. They might not win ten games this year. Oh wow! It's it's a. You think they're going to win we, more than that? Are we putting this? Are we putting this on file? <laughs> Can we come back to this? What's your <laughs> prediction? Uh, I'll give them twenty-seven wins. Twenty-seven wins. Yes. I'll give them twenty-seven, 27 to thirty because I still want to be credentialed for every for power <laughs> forward they signed in free agency this year. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of good young talent on there. You no, know? there is. There is. There is. I have my guys on there too, so I can't. They're actually mm-hmm. doing what the Nets did like four or five years ago, which is just like building young right. talent, trying to develop young Getting talent. Getting rid of Paul Pierce, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. The Do you remember Paul Pierce and KG and, and of course Joe Johnson? Yeah. Now Joe Johnson's on the Big Three league, and he's balling. he's crushing. He's yeah. balling. He was always a stud. What he was a guy. Great. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Melo? I, he should be on a bat. He should be on a team. Yeah, he should be on a team. He looks good. I mean, in these runs great. every every he, week, he looks great. Yeah, so I'm uh, a week ago, and he, like, people always have something negative to say about Melo, and they don't realize. Like, I'm so glad he finally spoke up about it. But the Rockets did do him wrong. He, they did a lot of people wrong. Like, yeah. not just players. We're talking like, you know, they they kind of cleaned house because you know a lot of people say the Warriors broke them. Yeah. But. I think Melo should be on the Lakers. Yeah, that's not, it's not, I don't think that's what he's aiming for right now. 
But I what is he aiming for? I don't know. I just feel like there's too much going on on the Lakers right now. I think he needs he needs a team that's going to give him some of his passion for the game back. I don't think that's going to happen with the Lakers. Got it. Yeah. That's kind of how I, I feel, feel that. that right now. But it's just sad, you know? Like, he was, he was doing fine on the Rockets. They had some injuries, some injury um, issues with Chris and then with Chris Paul and then with James. And Melo was playing, like, he, I was at that Knits game when they played here in November, and Melo had, like, 28 yeah. and 11 or something that night. If I were, like, branding Melo or, like, managing his career, I would say, like, he just needs to get on a contender. Right. And... Give some good minutes in. Yeah, yeah but like even the regular season doesn't matter. Like, win games in the playoffs because you're mellow and you can come in and shoot lights out and hit clutch shots. Be a good veteran on on the team and like try he's to a win a chip. Still, right, to, to, right. To this day, so like you know he will win a playoff game if he's on your team mm-hmm. in the playoffs and he can fit in with everyone else for sure. So that that's what I would do. So before we leave, the, I want the Jason Stein. Now that you know, there's no power team so much it's more like duos right all across the league who do you think is the most is going to be the most hyped duo in the league and who's actually going to be the best who's going to like put in the numbers and come out on top wow Mm. Uh, I think LeBron and Anthony Davis will come out on top Mm -hmm. and I think Harden and Westbrook? Ooh, maybe. I think there's more pressure on KD and Kyrie when KD comes back because they okay. made such a bold move um, and they decided to sort of do what everyone didn't want, didn't expect, didn't understand, questioned, why didn't you, why didn't you go to the Knicks? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's going to be a lot of spotlight on them. Harden and Westbrook are definitely like a, a, a haters fucking dream <laughs> team to to try and hate on. So so yeah, they'll they'll be up there for sure. I mean, they're going to be strange and interesting and good to watch. Do you think they're going to be good? Um, I think so because I feel like there was a lot of pressure individually on Russ with his team, and the same with James. And I feel like if they can kind of find that mute like that comfortable medium to yeah. play with each other and kind of take a little bit like. One night, Russ can take over. One night, James can take over. And then it could be, um, it could just win, they can just win games. I feel that. Honestly, no yeah. injuries. Yeah. God bless. But, yeah. Jason, you're the best. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate you. In August, in August. I'm off, in shorts. Off, it's peak fine. Peak off season. Yeah, I, <laughs> peak off season. Yeah, you have to call me up. It's a quiet time of year. And uh, I expect that video of uh, your dunk coming up. Yeah, I'll give and, it exclusive uh, I will to pull, the... I will have Slam posted. Thank you very it's much. It's exclusive <laughs> to the Vic and Kaz podcast, no doubt. Thank you so much. Oh, he said Vic and Kaz. Boom. Okay, I got it first this time. It's not Kaz and Vic. <laughs> um, it, that's the only way I know it. Well, it I, should be that way. Can we fix it? Fix it? Listen, I think it should just be Vic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kaz, we love you. Um, he wasn't here with us today, but... We'll see you guys next week. Shout out Slam. Shout out Jason. Shout out Sean. Thank you guys for listening.